Welcome back to The Big Dig. I'm Noah Coughlin, founder and CEO of BuildUp.com. The Big Dig podcast is a collaboration between NAOP and BuildUp, highlighting exclusive insights from the top minds impacting commercial real estate development in and around Boston. Hi everyone, Megan Doherty here from BuildUp. On this episode of The Big Dig, we are taking a brief dive into the very significant topics of diversity, equity, and inclusion within the CRE industry. While these issues obviously require much more in-depth consideration, our panelists will discuss how they are working to drive change and build a pipeline of diverse talent for our industry. Last night, I had the pleasure of attending the Boston CRE Summit on Equity, Inclusion, and Diversity. This really was a remarkable event and thought-provoking and at times challenging. The importance of these issues was evident by the turnout, which included many of Boston's industry leaders, and we are happy to be able to continue the conversation here. All right, so let's meet our guests. If you guys want to give us a little background as well, that'd be great. Great. Oh, um, so <laughs> Tig McClory, um, I have uh, been in the commercial real estate space for uh, 16 years. Uh, before that, was in the advertising space. Um, I hail from Lynn, Massachusetts, uh, so Lynn native, uh, up on the North Shore in Linfield now, and um, really am passionate about uh, diversity and inclusion and equity, and, and really excited about this conversation today. Uh, it's something that uh, for the last 10 years have been kind of building a voice and spending time extracurricular, as, as the what I call it, and looking forward to focus more energy uh, towards this topic. I'm Sandra King, and I am a senior advisor and program director at for the Crest program. And I'm grateful to my colleague and friend, Milton Benjamin, who invited me to be part of this initiative six years ago when he, through his company, Cage Growth Strategies, devised a program to help uh, CV properties when they won a bid to build the Alof and the Element Hotel. Uh, it, I grew up in a, commer- in a commercial real estate family, um, curiously. My mom is uh, 91 years old now, and she was a general contractor and built lots of houses and lots of buildings, but in Kingston, Jamaica. So here in where I live in Sudbury, Massachusetts, I was really never involved in commercial real estate until this initiative with Milton Benjamin, and I have enjoyed it thoroughly. I believe in the mission of the organization and in the mission of the industry as a whole to diversify. So it's, an, it's a real opportunity to participate. Good morning. Um, My name's Amanda Strong. I am currently Director of Asset Management at MIT. The group that I'm with is part of the endowment, and we manage about two and a half million square feet. That's all in Cambridge. I'm from New Bedford, Massachusetts, and and as I hear Sandra speak, um, I have real estate in my blood as well. It was my grandmother and my great aunt actually were landlords in New Bedford and and owned some uh, some real estate that they rented out, and I'm, I'm happy to say that that continues with me and one of the things that I like take am really involved in is diversity and inclusion and I think we're actually ready to make some big steps so I'm excited to be here today. Good morning everyone I'm Rick Ramsey and I'm actually the one who's probably not from Massachusetts in the room but nonetheless um, I have a um, career that's been tied to youth development in a variety of areas and fields and so over the past 20 years I spent um, 
a big chunk of my life identifying opportunities for students of color. So the anchor of me is diversity and inclusion. And then how do we take high school students, middle school students, expose them to these varieties of careers and options, and then introduce it in a way in which they it takes hold and it snaps together. Um, I've been introduced to the world of, of commercial real estate. Um, it's probably been about four years now. Um, and we have now moved a number of students into our world. And I'm very excited about today's conversation because we're ready to talk about scale and scaling the number of students who will be exposed to these careers um, as early as high school. So it's great to be here. Hi, my name is Malia Lazu, and I run the Urban Labs, which is a diversity and inclusion consulting firm. We work primarily in banking and real estate. All right, so Malia, I'm going to actually pass the baton back to you to kind of lead the discussion today, um, since you're kind of an expert in this area. So if you want to kind of kick things off, that'd be great. Definitely. And thank you so much for bringing us here to um, take over this, the Big Dig podcast. Very exciting, um, especially because we're coming off an, of, of an event last night um, that was, I, I'm going to say one of the first, I'm sure, you know, um, gatherings have happened. Um, but one of the first in, you know, the recent recent present um, that brought people together to talk about how, first of all, what is bias? And how does it show up in the industry? Um, and how can we move past that? How can you know we have solutions that actually shift this industry? And so um, I want to congratulate Amanda and Tag on um, being part of the organizing team there. Um, and we're all sort of buzzing off that energy. So I think it's going to be a great podcast. Um, my first question is, we talk so much about the diversity ecosystem um, in commercial real estate or in any industry, right? What is the diversity ecosystem? Um, and maybe, Rick, we'll start with you um, as you've been in other ecosystems doing youth development. Um, tell us a little bit about the space you're holding in real estate right now for the diversity ecosystem and how that looks. Right, thank you. Um, we are Nexus Summer Programs, and so we align with nonprofit organizations who are looking to improve diversity, as I stated, in a variety of fields. So what that means is, for example, um, for a number of years we worked in pure business, um, careers in business tied to how can we get high school students um, interested in careers in business? And you might think, well, that's pretty obvious now. Everyone's doing that, right? Well, back in 1979 at the Wharton School, um, McNeil Pharmaceuticals and others came up with this view of there weren't enough African-Americans considering careers in business. Those who were the best and brightest in the African-American community were choosing medicine and law. So the idea of what if we created a summer experience that focused on high school students. We brought them to Wharton for a month and we exposed them to careers in business with the hope that they would consider business. Well, you fast forward to today's world, that fundamental model shifted the way many other universities said, basically, if Wharton could do it, we can do it. And so now having a person of color tied to a career in business is commonplace. What we're looking to do for the commercial real estate space is the exact same approach. We've identified um, university partners. We've identified organizations like NAOP and the Real Estate Executive Council, Reese, to basically come in and say, let us drive this idea of exposing high school students to careers that currently they are not considering 
And then let's provide them immersive experience on campus with the hope that they consider a career in commercial real estate. So we're three years in, and so far our, um, our projections are great. 94% um, of the first cohort after coming through, we're looking for a internship in commercial wow. real estate. Wow. So That's we're on a good track. 94, yeah, yeah. a very, very good track. <laughs> um, let's jump to Amanda. Um, and I know that... I mean, I know that you work at MIT, but you also, I mean, you, you hold a space that's larger than that when it comes to diversity and inclusion. Absolutely. It helps that I am an African-American woman. Um, and being in Boston, and Tay and I have been working on this for a really long time on a personal level. Anytime you go to a, a thing in real estate, any event, there's just not that many people of color. And, and forget about when you talk about at certain levels. And so back in 2007, uh, I was working for Kirk Sykes, who is sort of famous, I would say, in the in the real estate arena. He's a, an African-American who started as an architect and you know moved into private equity, and now he's a developer. But uh, through him, there were two things that I got involved in. One is a group called AREP, African-American Real Estate Professionals. So I founded... Uh, with a group along with Tag and four or five other people, a chapter here in Boston. And what it basically is is for young professionals uh, who want to be in real estate. It wasn't anything formal. It was really a networking group. But it worked out to be, first of all, a core group of really good friends of mine uh, and a lot of people who have advanced, I think, uh, diversity and inclusion in Boston. Uh, the other uh, thing that I'm part of is the Real Estate Executive Council, and actually it's a, a program here that's today and tomorrow. A couple people around the table I know will be there. Malia, we need to get you to crash the party, I think. Well, um, Richard Taylor invited me to Liberty Hotel on Friday, so I might be crashing the party. Absolutely. Okay, good. We, so you guys can come too, obviously. <laughs> Sandra, you and I are crashing that's together. Right. <laughs> Uh, the Real Estate Executive Council, it's an, it's an impressive group of people, and I, I feel like the underachiever when I'm there. And it's, it's a, well, okay, I'm just saying. It's, it's, a, it's people who, are, who are happen to be really successful and also happen to be African-American. So Kenya Johnson, uh, Quentin Primo is a member. Kirk Sykes, again, is one of the founders. And it's really inspirational to be able to network and just communicate and just be in the same room with that with that kind of energy. So for me, what I feel I also bring is, is having been at MIT, I actually went to the Center for Real Estate, which is a one-year program at MIT. I can, through my personal capital, bring some more people of color uh, and impact things. And, and I'm sure Sandra will talk a little bit about the Crest program. Rick's program and, and, and one of the things that Tag and I have been talking about is the continuum of getting more kids from high school, college students, and then young professionals into the commercial real estate arena. Sandra, why don't you jump in there? Okay. Uh, we feel very fortunate that we were invited, that is, and Milton Benjamin was invited by Dick Galvin six years ago to help brainstorm how we could engage college students in commercial real estate. As we all know, the opportunities in commercial real estate happen primarily around the dinner table. 
and our students, uh, students of color, women, didn't have that capacity or that exposure to that kind of interaction. And Dick was very intentional in his plan to engage um, minority students, women, into the commercial real estate world. And he turned to us to help him put that program together. The challenge and the opportunities are great in, in, in both arenas in terms of students of color and women. The, the challenge is that we have to engage them, we have to go to where they are, and we have to help them understand what it is that commercial real estate does. Um, and most times they'll think it's renting an apartment. And it's it's so much beyond that, as we all know. So the, the opportunity to provide that kind of information to students is really vital. In addition to that, we've created strategic relationships with academic institutions, and in particular, and primarily, their career services offices, so that we have help on the inside of these academic institutions in helping to identify the students. Um, the program has evolved from the CVP Academy, which was the first four years of the program, to where we are now. We It's called CREST, and CREST means Commercial Real Estate Success Training. And I uh, will credit Milton. He's not a marketer, but he came up with that term. <laughs> and I love it because I'm the marketer. <laughs> but <laughs> we embraced it immediately. And CREST now is focused primarily on juniors and seniors because we want young people who are market ready, who are about to um, matriculate from their academic institutions and are ready for the employment market. So it's been a tremendous opportunity for us and for the region to have all these companies involved. And it's exciting to see the evolution um, of the work and of the conversation. And take, I know you've, like Amanda, you've also sort of been holding this space beyond your work, right, and beyond your, your nine to five. Um, you know, tell us about what you're holding and, and what you're seeing and maybe even, you know, hearing about the, this these youth efforts. You know, how does that make you feel as someone who's, a little older than youthful. <laughs> You're still youthful, right? No, but I mean, someone who has a few years. That's quite quite all right. Quite all right. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm happy at 43. Very confident in my uh, in my youthful 43. That's right. Age. That's right. That's um, right. You know, I think the the programs that that Rick and, and Sandra have talked about are key components, right, of our ecosystem as we talk about uh, the chain, right. And I think of I think of this ecosystem as a chain which uh, there are some areas of improvement where we need to kind of create better links between this in between the chain. So I think the um, and I think it starts in my opinion it even starts before high school in an ideal world if I was to paint the ideal scene of how we can kind of get to the next stage it's starting in middle school right and those where the conversations start if I was to walk into a middle school class and ask people well what does a commercial real estate broker do I'd get stares like I was an alien. Like, what are you talking about, right? And and that's in in minority communities or you know uh, white communities. So it's just a, the opacity of our industry is a challenge, right? That's just one backdrop. I think the other backdrop is it's an industry that has been very reactive to recruiting talent. Uh, we've waited for the talent to come to us to find us, and when you do that, you get the same type of talent. 
And when you do that in, in a state, and I'll just talk about the Commonwealth, that um, I think we, we forget sometimes how non-diverse um, the Commonwealth of Mass is. I mean, it's 73% white, 27% minority. Uh, and, and when I saw that figure, it was even a shock to me, right? right? So, you know, as a biracial man, you know, growing up as a young boy, um, I was always toggling back between white and black communities. So, so to me, it seemed 50-50. It seemed more at parity. But as you get into the business community, you get a quick, a quick schooling as to the imbalance. And so there's a great opportunity, I think, to, uh, to start to, to break down um, and get into the, the school system to tr start to really, I think it's really a combination of, of mining and matching uh, talent with opportunity. Uh, when I think about um, the minority talent as a scarce resource, it is a scarce resource in our, especially in the commercial real estate industry, and I think you could say that for any business segment. Um, on the flip side, access to this industry is a scarce resource for them. So I really think a key part of this puzzle as we work on this throughout all of our lifetimes, uh, which is not something that's going to be checked off in a nice, complete, clear way, is to how do we mine and mentor and match that talent with opportunity. You know, and I think what, what Rick's doing at Nexus and what Sandra and Milton are doing at Crest are great starts to that mining and matching, uh, but we need more of it. Um, it's, you know, to move the needle, to really uh, do the job. And it's, it's um, it also, I think last night's event is another start to kind of include everybody in that conversation. Um, so. Thank you. Thank you. And what I see, what um, Rick and Sandra are doing, um, as I look at the two of you now, is helping shift the assumptions, right, of, of real estate. And real estate is one of those industries that not only is it hard to access, but we have a, you know, people of color don't have the best history, right? It's not a trustful industry. It's not an industry that's worked well for us. Um, you know, we can think about everything from still waiting for our 40 acres and a mule, um, you know, to the loss of the Wall Streets, right? And the burning downs of the sharecroppers fields and, and things like that. And so I would you know, I would love to not go too deep in that, um, you know, and whoever would like to start. But, you know, how do you see us sort of deconstructing some of that historical baggage? And Amanda, why don't we start with you? Because I yeah. see you nodding. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and, and I, I think a lot about that. One of the uh, stories that I have is my son is 15 years old. So when he was about seven, I was working for Colony Capital, and I had Atlanta as a market and school vacation. And I brought him, he and my sister came down at the end of a, a, a business, business work week that I had. I brought him and my sister on that Friday to a couple of properties that we were looking at buying. It was an in, uh, industrial building. You know, you walk through the warehouse, you look at the boxes in the back, and, and he said, oh, so asking me how it worked. So we buy the building. And then you get rent, and I was explaining to him what rent meant. And he was just like, okay, so boxes in the back, it looks really full. That's got to be a good thing. And he was probably seven years old. And I realized that's one of the things that in the black community, we just wouldn't have gotten exposed to that as kids. You know, it, it, we'd be lucky enough if our families were homeowners. Um, so I really think that going to Tag's point of, of going to the junior highs and going to the high schools and showing them what we do, really makes it something that you they can believe in when they see people who actually look like them. Well, I would want to step in that says even at the college level, 
we have the challenge of getting students to be able to visualize what it is we're talking about when we're talking about commercial real estate. We oftentimes will be in, a, in, in an environment where we can show them the, the skyline and we'll say, and what, define commercial real estate. And immediately they go to something that's not what the skyline represents. And having the opportunity then to engage them in, how do you think that tower got built? Who are the participants in the process? And how would you fit as a potential contributor to that process? Is a really wonderful um, opportunity to create examples for them that they never would have visualized themselves. And that's, so it's not even just about not seeing anybody who looks like them in these organizations. It's not even being able to envision what is it that creates this environment that we go to work in and that we sleep in and that we own, that other people own. So that is a real opportunity for us to educate. And we educate by examples. We educate by engaging them in activities that bring professionals like Amanda, like Tag, like Kirk, like others to the table to share their experiences with them. And at the college level, it's still as deep in terms of its deficit as it is when it's with the younger kids. You know, and I'll add, you know, it's a lot like um, the sports um, industry, whereby the industry itself looks for talent all the way down at the junior high level, right? This industry needs to, and is learning, that you're going to have to, in order to compete for the talent, you're going to have to go downstream. And so when we go stand in front of high school students, um, first and foremost, we had um, in the early, some three, four years ago, um, with folks like Tom Disaquino and Kirk Sykes, Nexus as an organization had to say, okay, get ready, folks. We are not going to walk into a high school and say we'd like to bring you to a commercial real estate summer program. And, and you would have thought I just hit them with two by fours, right? Um, because they don't understand it. And what this generation has is access to information. So if they don't understand it, the first thing high school kids do is go to their phones. And when they Google search commercial real estate, it's going to come up with beautiful buildings and such. But to a high school student, that's just the building, right? So what we had to do is go down this road of saying, help us understand what your career goals are. The biggest hook that worked for our first cohort, and you'll all laugh at this, is when I stood before the students and said, on your streets, do you, have you guys ever heard of a Sarah Lane or a Whitney Boulevard or in a subdivision you've heard of Johnson Court? Where do you think those names come from? And the students go, well, I said, the developer, the person who built, owned, designed, created that space, named it. For high school students, that's power. It brings it all the way down, right? So we meet them where they are. That's we meet right. them where they are. And then we take them on the journey that says, let us put you into teams and you're going to compete to design what will be the coolest, neatest you know, experience for people working each day. We still haven't called it commercial real estate, right? <laughs> 
you can name a street after your mama. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. And, and then you say, and Jay-Z and, and Carly B, Cardi B and others own buildings and stuff. The buildings and stuff are commercial real estate. That's how they connect. You know, I'm glad you brought that up because it was actually something that I was thinking about last night and tonight or and today, um, which is the emergence of hip hop moguls in real estate. Um, and DJ Envy just signed a deal with auction.com. Um, so, you know, we're seeing Jay-Z, right, is talking about how he owns buildings, right? Um we are seeing that shift of it really becoming something that um, is becoming mainstream culturally. And so are you seeing high school students, either of you guys, you know, being like, oh, yeah, I want to be like Jay. I want to be like DJ Envy. Yeah. So so that's precisely what we're seeing. But again, it's all in how you serve it up. Right. The Instagram world is the power. So what we've done is in introducing, because recruiting is what Nexus does for the Reese and NAOP organization. We go out, scour the market, and find top talent students of color to bring in to introduce them to this world. But know that top talent students of color have options, lots of options, particularly top talent students of color who are females. So young young women of color have opportunities in the summer in high school and you're competing with everybody you know dare say the name you're competing with google in the summer and you're competing with you know major corporations that want access what we have to do is leverage the instagram world to say and show pictures and views of this is a a property that you know cardi b i just found this out last week so it's not like i'm that hip and cool <laughs> so, that she recently purchased i think down in florida and we use that as one of our slides when we're at high schools and they instantly connect and then that's how we close the deal basically <laughs> we're a little bit further along on their development cycle so we um, are challenged with getting them to understand how they can apply what they have identified as majors in college, for example, finance or accounting or um, social work. <laughs> How do they apply that to the commercial real estate world? Um, because they have a traditional view of where the opportunities are. So our role then is to match them with the opportunities that are in the commercial real estate world that will utilize the skills that they have acquired and will continue to acquire. So when we place a student, for example, with AEW, and AEW said they wanted someone who was in accounting, this young person, this young man, at first couldn't figure out how his skills would help AEW. Well, they're doing, they have to create balance sheets on their buildings. They have to report to their investors. And being able to give him that exposure to that kind of concrete opportunity was what led him to a permanent job with AEW when he graduated. So we take them through the cycle a little bit differently. We take them from planning um, to design, to uh, construction, to occupancy, to maintenance, utilizing then the skills that they already have so that they're not threatened by, oh, I can't fit there, I don't, I can't. We show them how they can apply those current skills that they have and acquire new skills as they go along that continuum. I think if I could just add, I mean, that topic of trying to simplify 
what are the tracks? What are the, how do you link skills to a career, a future career opportunity, and see it as a critical component? And I think we, we need as an industry to do a better job of that. And one thing is educating the students, right? So how do I apply? And I think of it as, you know, there are a, a marketing and sales track, right? There's a, an accounting asset management track. There's a, a design construction track. Um, there's a, a finance and, you know, analyst track. Those are, that's, those, that's the language that I use to kind of describe it if we were to break it down. But even one thing is educating the students. The other part of this is educating all the other influencers that are helping them make those decisions. So the parents um, and even the educators. I mean, you would be, you know, in sitting in some of the conversations with the college career offices describing commercial real estate, you would have thought I was speaking a foreign language. And that was shocking. Um, frightening, frankly, to me, like because we we live and breathe and talk about this industry every day, and it's not rocket science, you know. It, and we we hear that term all the time, but because it's it's so opaque and nobody knows about it, uh, we need to kind of break down those walls. So I think it's a combination of of education. All right. Well, as we're getting ready to close, I would love to hear from the both of you of what you guys have coming up and how people can follow the amazing work you're doing. Yeah, so um, very exciting summer coming up with commercial real estate. Uh, I mentioned earlier that last year we had impacted um, a number of students across the country. The total was about 80, 84, 85. This year we'll be at 112 students, and we're proud to say that we'll be at University of Miami, um, Roosevelt University, um, Cornell University, and right here at Boston will be at MIT. Um, it's our big flagship. Um, 28 students will be coming from around the country, but a good number will come from right here in the Boston area as well as Boston public schools as well. Um, we will focus on everything from, um, I, I dare to say, but I'm going to go down there, the flying cars, and how you're going to park the flying car, right? How cool is that? So um, we are looking forward to the engagement of the students and the Boston area businesses to be a part of this experience. And uh, we'll have 55% young ladies, 45% young men. Um, our average GPA this year is coming in at probably around a 3.4 for this area um, so um, we're excited about the students and and come on out July 21st through August 1st at MIT so it's exciting stuff exciting stuff well the history of our program is um, indicative of our success I think we have placed we have had uh, 91 students participate in the program of those 91 students um, over the course of the last six years, we have had several full-time placements in the commercial real estate world. Last year, because we focused now more on juniors and seniors, the seniors, we have seven seniors who have secured uh, full-time positions in commercial real estate across the spectrum of the industry. We're very pleased with the participation of the local companies in our program as well. and. All of the students in the un incoming class of 2019 will start on June 3rd um, with a two-day orientation, June 3rd and 4th, where we bring in professionals to give them the lay of the land and share their experiences, give them some um, training and, and support in personal development, in brand positioning, in understanding not only the industry, but understanding themselves, which is pretty exciting. And then in the course of the summer, 
organizations like NAOP invite them to interact with other young professionals in the industry, which broadens their perspective on what is possible in commercial real estate. So we're very pleased with that, and we're particularly pleased with our corporate um, strategic partners who are hiring the students. Great. Thank you guys all so much for joining us here on The Big Dig. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed The Big Dig, please subscribe at the iTunes Music Store, Spotify, or SoundCloud. The Big Dig is a collaboration between BuildUp.com and NAOP, Massachusetts. To learn more about joining Massachusetts' leading commercial real estate development association, go to NAIOPMA.org. For more information about joining the show, you can email us. Any inquiries, thoughts, or feedback for new suggestions, we welcome all input. Info, I-N-F-O, at buildup.com. That's I-N-F-O at B-L-D-U-P dot com. And to stay on top of all market news, information, in real time happenings with new construction and real estate development, go to buildup.com. That's B-L-D-U-P dot com. I'm Noah Coughlin. Thank you for listening.